Bible, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, uh, Matthew 7, we are going to start a study that I'm excited about, I won't tell you it's my favorite study yet, I'll give it one a week or two, and then I'll tell you that's my favorite study that we've done, but uh, in Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to start, we're going to be going through the Sermon of the Mount, and when we walk through the Sermon of the Mount, the reason I I think the Sermon on the Mount is pivotal is because there is a certain way that we think. And a lot of times, culture affects our Christianity. Just kind of like back in the day, um, we, we, during that summer, we talked about uh, polygamy. And how back in that day, polygamy was in the culture everywhere. And people did it contrary to God's word. But because that's what the culture did, they just followed it. And there's a lot of things, I don't think we have polygamy as one of our problems today, but there's a lot of things in our culture that we still do, even though they go contrary to God's word. And so as we walk to the Sermon on the Mount, the key thing that Jesus is going to do in the Sermon on the Mount is going to set a standard for what Christian character looks like. And when we set a standard for what Christian character looks like, it looks totally different from the world. I read, um, I'm reading a book right now on the Sermon of the Mount, and one of the keys in that book says, uh, one of the things that if we lived the way Christians should live, we would not have to organize big evangelistic efforts, people would be running to be saved. Now, I didn't, when he first said that, and I first read it, I was like, that's kind of hard to swallow, like if we all live like Christians. But then on Wednesday night before uh, since we didn't have one, I was going to read you guys some excerpts from Fox's Book of Martyrs for our leadership thing. And as I read Fox's Book of Martyrs, and if you're familiar with Fox's Book of Martyrs, it's horrible stories about people being tortured and killed for the cause of Christ. And all through Fox's Book of Martyrs, you read of people coming to Jesus Christ because of the death of a martyr. They had not, they went to someone who was a Christian and asked them how they could be a Christian. No one preached, no one shared the gospel. They saw the life of that individual, Polycarp for one of them. I probably won't read him on Wednesday night since I'm telling you now. But Polycarp is one of those guys who was fed to the wild beasts. And people saw Polycarp in the way, no, um, yeah, Polycarp, and the way that he died. And they said, how in the world could someone go with that kind of peace? I want one they have and people were brought to Christ. It is amazing and a lot of times we do, I do believe, and we're going to walk through it when we go to Sermon on the Mount, that there needs to be a verbal witness. But there's a whole lot of this world that needs to see Jesus Christ in our lives way before we tell them about it. And so as we walk through Sermon on the Mount, this morning we're going to start in Matthew chapter 7. We're just going to look at hear and do. Now, this is the most basic thing as we go into Sermon on the Mount, but I want us to read Matthew seven twenty four to 29. It says this. If you have your Bible, if, it's, if you have your handout, either way. Matthew seven twenty four to 29. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. So the sermon amount that we're going to study, we're starting at the end, and we're looking at it, and we're jumping back. So these things that we're going to study, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus has ended these sayings, the Sermon on the Mount, the people were astonished at his doctrine. 
for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes and not as the scribes. So as we um, look at the Sermon on the Mount, can you imagine, this, this is simple, the principle we're going to talk about today is simple, but yet it's key to the whole Sermon on the Mount. Can you imagine being at every one of the key moments in the word of God and people have just heard and they didn't do? Noah, we talked about it in uh, winter camp. God tells Noah, Noah, I want you to build an ark because I'm going to destroy the earth. And imagine just for a second, Noah, as God talks to Noah, Noah looking at him, uh, well, probably not because his eyes would have been burned out of his sockets and that would have been terrible. So not exactly looking at God, but as he talks with God, and God says, no, I want you to build an ark, and this is how I want you to build it. And Noah's standing there saying, yes, thank you, Lord, so much for giving me grace in my family. And then he never built an ark. Like he heard it, and he was excited about it. He never built an ark. Moses, the people are standing around complaining. Moses, we want water. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? And God says, Moses, walk up and hit that rock, and the water's going to come out. Man. Water's going to come out if I hit the rock? Hey, guys, everybody, if I hit this rock, water's going to come out. And he never hit the rock. A lot of the times in our lives when we hear the word of God, it is easy for us to say, man, that is great. That is good. To nod our heads, to know what is, like, to know the word of God and say, that was great. I love that guy's preaching. I love that. But if we don't do anything about it, it is the same. It is just as ridiculous in God's sight for us to know God's word, just like Moses, just like Noah, and to do nothing with it. And so as we look at it, we're going to go forward to the Sermon of the Mount. And in the Sermon of the Mount, God is going to say some hard things. We talked about divorce, and one of those things we're going to tackle again as we walk the Sermon of the Mount. He's going to talk about lust. And he says, hey, I'm telling you this, if someone looks at a woman, it's going to lust in her heart. And he even goes to where he says, if you speak to someone rudely and he gives words like call them thou fool, you'll be danger of hellfire. Like there's some hard things in the Sermon of the Mount. And pretty much Jesus said right now in the end of this, as we start launch into this, he says, if you hear these things and do nothing with them, it's useless. So as we look at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, there's some huge things. But as we go through, our question for today is, and you can write it down in your blanks there, what am I doing with the Word of God? What am I doing with the Word of God? This is our big question for the day. What am I doing with it? Jesus compares his hearers to a wise man and a foolish man. We know, because we know the song, the wise man built a house upon the rock. We should sing it since they sing obedience. But no, Jesus compared his hearers to a wise man and a foolish man. This is what the word wise means. Wise, according to your Strong's concordance. So I don't want you, there's no secret sauce here. I looked this up in the Strong's, you can too. So the wise, thoughtful, intelligent, prudent. P-R-U-D-E-N-T, prudent. And I put the, the thing there, cautious not to act when the end is doubtful or impact, impractical. So a wise person is a person who looks toward the end. So Jesus said, the person who hears my sayings and does them is a wise person. Go on the word foolish. And this is not me making this up. This is actually in the strong. You can look it up. It means dull or stupid. Heedless, a blockhead. In the Greek. No, I'm just kidding. Dull or stupid, heedless, a blockhead. The difference between 
A wise person, the foolish person, is what they do with the words of God. Uh, prudent and dull or stupid. I think those are your blanks. Um, as we look at what the wise person does, let me ask you this past week. Have you been in the word of God enough to see what God wants you to do and are you doing it? This is the, I would say in my own life, one of my biggest weaknesses. And I would say it's probably all of ours. I listen to preaching for fun. I enjoy a good preacher. If I, I listened to Kenny Baldwin last night. I enjoy listening to a great preacher, just like you guys. I don't want to listen to boring preachers. And so I'm sorry you have to listen to me, but I'm saying I enjoy a good preacher to hear it. And you know, there are times in my life where I can listen to like three or four a day, like just pop them in a row. But you know what? None of that matters if I'm not doing the word of God. We talk, call it the camp syndrome. When we come back from camp and like everybody's on fire for the Lord, we come back from New York, we come back from Honduras or wherever, wherever we go and do. And we, we come back and everybody's excited because for a brief little time, we heard God's word and we did it. We go to New York, we hear God's word, share the gospel with everybody. And for a week we spend doing it. And when we come back, it feels great. It's like, man, I wish I could do that all the time. We hear God's word, we go to camp, we hear preaching, and we hear for that, for that week. We're pretty much shut off from everything. And then it's like, I heard God's word and I began to do it. And it was a wonderful thing. But somehow in our process of life, we stop doing the word of God. And this is scary for you guys because we're around the word of God so much that it just falls away. Those of you who go to Christian school. You're around the word of God so much that it's like, honestly, you would never say it's just another book, but it doesn't have the life-changing effect that it ought. And as we look at what Jesus says, let's go to James 1. It's in your handout for just a little bit. We're going to walk through this passage real quick this morning. And I'm going to get one that doesn't have blanks on it. That would help me. In James 1, 22-25, we're going to read through it. James says this, but be doers of the word. And not hearers only. Deceiving. Now, in these passages, there are blanks. Because I'm writing things. These are not in the word of God. So if it's in the parentheses, that is not in the Bible. So I didn't start some new translation or anything like that. Deceiving means causing to believe what is false. Causing to believe what is false. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. Now, as we start out through, as we walk through this passage, I have heard this multiple times, even this week. We use a phrase like this. So-and-so, I don't know why they went off. They were in the church. They went to church all the time. They went to a Christian school. And I've heard these things, even this week, as I've taught different people. It's funny because as I go through, I hear the statements. But James says, be here of the word I mean, be here and a doer, because if not, you're deceiving your own selves. It is deceptive to believe something false. I think just because we hear the words of God, they're helping us spiritually. But that's not the way we live. Because most of us would say, hey, I go to church. Hey, I read my Bible. Hey, I did. And we can listen to a lot of things. Because as soon as sometimes some bad things come in our lives, these are what we do. We do go to God and say, God, 
I'm trying to live for you. I'm trying to do all these things. I'm hearing your word. But just as it was for Noah to hear God's word about the ark, it didn't really mean anything until Noah did it. And the only person that I deceive is myself. We all know what it is. And hopefully it doesn't happen when you walk out of this room and go sit in the main auditorium. We all know what it is to sit in and hear God's word and totally be out of it. <laughs> like it's just like preachers preaching and you're like staring at him and you even know when to nod your head or you just nod your head when Mrs. May goes, mm-hmm, no, just <laughs> but, you, but you know when, when to do what you need to do. And I know how, we even know how to do it in life, sadly. And I'm trying to work on it. My wife was giving me a hard time the other day because she'll tell me something and I'll say, yeah, I'm on that. And I'll walk to go do it. I'm like, I don't remember what I was doing here. I go do something else. And then she's like, <laughs> what'd you say? Exactly, exactly. Exactly. This morning she told me I always leave the closet light on, um, on my side of the closet. And so I leave the light on and she was like, Hey, you left the closet light on. Okay. And I walked back and then Tavian started saying something. I started talking to Tavian. You know, next thing I know, I'm like, I was back here for some reason. And I just turned around and walked back. <laughs> and then like, oh yeah. I left the, I left the light on. Why? Because it's just, yeah. Um, it was, but be doers of dollars. Oh, that, that big thing. That's not a blank. It's just a separation. I thought about that after I should have made it squiggly. <laughs> you just write whatever you want there, <laughs> but yes, sorry. Yeah, that's not a blank, but yeah, we, we often, even in our regular lives forget and don't heed things. But the Bible says this, when we believe that just hearing the word is doing something for us, we are deceiving our own selves. So if I come to church, if you one day have a family and you say, like some families do, well, we've got we to get these kids in church. They've got to hear the word of God. It is not wrong to hear the word of God. But hearing the word of God and doing the word of God are two different things. Hearing the word of God is just like me going to, uh, Shana wants to have some plants and flowers uh, when it comes to springtime. We want to do them in the yard. It would be just as much for me to go to the store and buy seeds and then set them in the garage like I've done once or twice and then never plant them and then say, I don't know why we don't have flowers. I bought the seeds. I went to Home Depot. I looked at them. I read the backs. I did the, the thing. I, I bought them in the time of the year I was supposed to. But if I never plant them, if I never do anything with them, it doesn't matter. And so as James says, he says, hey, don't be deceived because you'll deceive your own self. Go on, verse number 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. The word glass, of course, for most of us who are familiar with this passage, is a mirror. So for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So there's a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth, and the word is neglects. Neglects what manner, what type. So it's mere neglects type. What manner, what type of man he was. So we come back to the illustration that James uses all the time. I mean, that preacher you all the time that James uses here about the mirror. He says a man looks at his natural self, his self not put together. And he looks in the mirror and the Bible says he walks away and forgets, neglects to do anything about what he sees. Now, the one thing about the mirror and what we're going to see about the Sermon of the Mount is unless you have in your house a mirror that is like warped like a, what do you call those, carnival mirrors? I don't think all of us, we don't have those. But most of the time, 
a regular mirror does not lie, okay? If you walk up to the mirror and you have stuff in your nose, you can walk away from the mirror and say, it doesn't know what it's talking about. <laughs> or you can go ahead and fix the problem. And this is what James says. He says, for a man to look in God's word is like a man looking himself in the mirror, his natural self, his self right out of bed. <laughs> Teeth need to be brushed. Hair needs to come, some of it, for some of us. All these things need to be done. And as all these things are done, I can be assured of one thing. I can walk away and forget what I did, but the mirror wasn't lying to me. And as we look at the word of God, the same thing happens. As we walk through the Sermon of the Mount, it is going to be easy for people to pull stuff out of the Sermon of the Mount and say, man, this is a great truth. And people do it. We've just seen it in society. There are people that hate God and hate God's word, but take things out of the Sermon of the Mount and say, hey, this statement right here doesn't mean means we shouldn't have war. This statement right here, and they grab and choose what they want out of it. But in James, God says, no. You hear and you do. And so you can be that person who walks to the mirror and looks into it and sees all kinds of problems and then neglects to do anything. I'm not doing anything. You can walk to school, <laughs> let stuff fall in your eyes, <laughs> breath stink, your teeth have like, a, like film over top of them. You can do all that, or you can just look into the mirror. <laughs> that, I know that does take multiple days, I guess. <laughs> That's a lot of days looking in the mirror and not changing anything. <laughs> but as you look at it, if you don't do anything with it, then it doesn't matter. And so you deceive your own self. He goes on. And he says this, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and continueth therein, he keeps doing it. Not that he doesn't fall, not that he doesn't have struggles, but he keeps doing it. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed. Means successful. He's happy. Successful, happy. Prosperous in his deeds. Now, I want us to... These words, two words, successful and happy. In our culture, they mean something totally different than what they do in the word of God. In our country, successful, we think successful as well. Let me ask you guys, what would, what would our society, what would our culture define uh, success as? How much money do you make and how many people know your name? Exactly. How much money you make, how many people know your name? Anybody want to add to that? Uh, straight? <laughs> Let me just answer for everybody. <laughs> Call him Peter. <laughs> but yes, uh, how, many, how many people, how much money you make and how many people know your name? Yeah, those are two things that we would consider success. And see, it's funny because as we walk through the Sermon the Mount, success is totally measured in a totally different way in God's economy. What will we say? I won't let Andrew just hog it this time. But what is, no, good job on the answer though. Well, what would we consider happiness in our culture? What would our culture consider happiness? Having money? Yeah. Having the means to do whatever you want. Uh, like Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, when Solomon said, anything my heart wanted, I kept not from it. And I'm like, wow. Do they have that kind of uh, thing to say? Anything my heart wanted, I didn't stop it. If it wanted, and Solomon didn't. If he wanted another wife, <laughs> bring another one. What's, we already got 699. What's one more? <laughs> and uh, if he wants money, he had it. Whatever he wanted, nothing held back. But that's what our culture would consider happiness. You can't have things the way you want them, like not going through a lot of troubles or having people act the way you want or like circumstances always going the way that you would want them to. Right, yeah. Oh, that's huge because we all want a happy life. And we always say when things happen in our lives, 
that's not fair. Like, you don't understand. I can't handle this. This is not fair. We want happiness to be this even killed, beautiful life. Yeah. Yeah, happiness is when I get to be as in uh, sometimes in the business world when I'm the boss when I don't have to tell no one tells me what to do uh, like Simba I can't wait to be king like the, the moment where I am in charge of everything I am in charge of my whole life and this is what we would consider happiness but this is not what God considers happiness as we walk through the Sermon of the Mount we're going to see that and especially next week as we go off through the Beatitudes blessed are the peacemakers blessed are and we're going to walk through all those as we walk through those we're going to see that happiness and blessing are totally different from the word of God. So, but the Bible says, but whoso look in the law of liberty and continue it there. And he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man should be blessed. He's successful, happy in his deeds. Let's finish with this. The blessings of God do not come on those who simply hear his word, but to those who do his word. This is totally brought out in the story of Jonah. And I told you guys this before. But Jonah had the potential to be one of the greatest preachers this world had ever known. Just by being obedient. God had already prepared the hearts of the Nineveh to say, when Jonah came, they would repent. And God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach repentance. And we know the story. Jonah turns the other way and says, I'm going to Tarsus. And he goes to Tarsus. Gets in the storm, gets swallowed by the fish, the great fish, the whale, however your biblical interpretation there is. And he gets swallowed, and he gets spit up three days later. And so as he does that, he goes in, and what could have been one of the greatest revivals in all the world. He goes in, uh, he probably dried off, but a dripping wet, in the belly of a whale, stinky preacher comes in and he preaches the word of God, and people get saved. Can you imagine what it would have been like if Jonah had just went there the first time? It's kind of like Samson, the strongest man who ever lived. If he had just obeyed God and the three or four things he was given as a Nazarite not to do, he would have been a hero. But now we know Samson as one of the world's biggest mess-up stories in the Bible. We know Jonah. After Jonah finding God does give them salvation, none of it gets saved. Then Jonah's sitting under a a plant that dies and he gets more mad over the plant that dies than all the people in Nineveh that would have died and went to hell. And God says, Jonah, is this even right? The greatest moments in the Bible are when people heard God's word and acted on it. The biggest mess ups in the Bible are when people heard God's word and did nothing with it. This is why Jesus says, as we walk to the summer of the Mount, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. So whoever hears the Sermon on the Mount that we're going to look through. This is Jesus preaching. This is in red. This is not Paul. This is not Peter. This is Jesus preaching. He says, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man that built his house upon a rock. And when the floods came, life didn't go. It wasn't happy. The life didn't go the way everybody thought it should. But when the storms came, that house didn't fall. But the person who does not... I would like him to a foolish man. And the word of God, I'm not adding these words. You can look up in your own strongs. But he says, I would like him unto a foolish man. A dull or stupid blockhead who built his house on the sand. And everything that happened, storms came, it washed everything out. 
and great was the fall of it. We can sit in church, and I, am, I only stand in front of you by the grace of God. And I say that humbly. But I have lots of friends that I went to school with that heard the same thing I did. They went to the same chapels I did. They went to the same youth conferences I did. And right now, to be honest, and I say it sadly, they could care less about God or anything to do with God. And you know what? Some of them, they're 31, 32 years old, and great has been the fall of a lot of things in their lives. So just because we sit in here doesn't mean we're guaranteed success. Just because we, we go to Trinity Baptist Church, just because we do devotions, just because we fill in the blank, does not guarantee success. The thing that makes us successful is to hear God's word and then to do it. If we're not doing those things, then we're just like the guy, like me, buying seeds from Home Depot and saying, I don't know why my plants didn't grow this year. I, I bought seeds. I did everything I can. So we've got to hear it. We've got to do. Now, I'm going to walk you through this just because I want you to do. I'm going to challenge you this week on the back of your handout. Today's, today's March March 1st. So, yeah, I almost had to look at my watch. Today's March 1st. As we look at March 1st, I don't know if you guys have ever done it. Some of you have, some of you haven't. I've read a Proverbs a day. And I have, I've started doing this recently again. I tried a Psalm and a Proverbs. My challenge to you guys this week, and for us to hear and to do, is to read a Proverbs a day. I don't care. Between us, I don't care if you don't read the whole chapter. I'm just going to say, read a proverb. Find one thing that God says, hear it, and then mark down on the back what you're going to do. I don't want to see it. I don't care what you do. But I, I just want to challenge you this week to read through the book of Proverbs. I'm going to do it myself. Read a proverb. If you read three verses in Proverbs and you get what you need to do for that day, then you just do it. But I just want to what did God say? What am I going to do about it? And just make every day, hey, I want to hear from God. And not only do I want to hear, I want to do something for him. So do something with what he's given me. So that's what I want to challenge you guys to do. I'm going to do it. And so I would hope that if you guys do it, if you do do it, and the Lord show you something awesome, I'd love to hear about it. If not, don't worry, I'm not going to like bring you up. Would you please do a video testimony of what you read in Proverbs this week? No, I'm not going to do anything like that. I just want to, if, if God works in your heart in some way, I would love to do it because I'm going to try and challenge myself to do the same thing. Let's pray and we're done.